Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. House Republicans are absolutely right to keep their eyes on Echo Health. They are 100% correct in doing so. House Republicans, they want to know about a $4.7 million grant for Echo Health Alliance regarding questions involving COVID. Because we have a pretty good paper trail now of at least something not being right. We have a pretty good paper trail about the idea that through Dr. Fauci, through his work on infectious diseases, that money was given to this group, Echo Health Alliance, and that money made its way to the Wuhan lab in China. it's, It's obvious that... COVID doesn't just appear naturally. And there have been people doing some really excellent, excellent work in having this conversation openly and honestly, clearly, directly, that that the whole idea that it just naturally sprung up, that it just managed to on its own Manipulate itself in this way is 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 an awkward conversation. That is not an anti-science conversation. That's a recognition that is indeed awkward. That things don't usually work like that. Now, Jim Garrity and I disagree about a great number of things uh, politically. But I have found very few people who have been really good at just this, this clear, direct messaging of don't tell me why I can't say this, here's what the data shows us. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it is so good to be with you. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio, the phone number, 833-468-8669. Would love to hear from you. And of course, Omicron is now a big conversation because you're seeing state after state after state after state do away with mask mandates. Schools, no more masks. They haven't done that in New York yet. They're just getting rid of the business mask mandate. The cases have dropped so fast, we don't need this anymore. You never needed it anyway. You never needed it anyway. One of the great stories by Jim Garrity, Yunkin the Conqueror. And it's true. The the people of Virginia said, we don't want this crazy anymore. We are going to vote for the Republican Glenn Yunkin. And already people are like, ah, it's just better. The Democratic Party misunderstood everything about the voter and believed that they could abuse the voter into their wants, needs, and desires. There's a lot to learn from the Virginia one. As Jim Garrity writes very, very very rarely, do you see the leadership of a major state political party so badly miscalculate where it stands, both in overall public opinion and among its own rank and file legislators? I believe this is actually true the nation over. I believe that this is true regarding the full-on party. An absolute misunderstanding of where it's at. 
One of the people taking advantage of that is actually Representative Ocasio-Cortez, along with Representative Tlaib and Representative Omar, Representative Bowman, uh, the, the, the totality of that progressive squad. Because they keep pushing further to the left. The so-called Democrats know that's not the place to be and that's not where America is. But the progressives see that discord amongst the Democrats as an opportunity to get more progressives. So while they'll lose this fight, they'll win longer fights. Oh, how's that for the mind scramble? You want to talk about Machiavellian? There it is. By the way, may I suggest reading The Prince? The idea of power, how to obtain power, how to maintain power. What is it that the people want? One of the things that the people may very well want is not that you actually care for them, but that you say you care for them. Wouldn't that perfectly describe Ocasio-Cortez? Wouldn't that perfectly describe Bernie Sanders? You don't actually have to care about anybody. You just have to say you care about people. It doesn't matter if you actually give people a dollar. What matters is you take away a dollar from the bad guy. You see, that'll show. That'll show the love. Oh, the prince. The the prince is is definitely a worthwhile read. So the the miscalculation is amongst the the totality of the party, right? The, The party as a whole. But there are people who could take advantage of a miscalculation, and that's the progressives. Just like in the markets... The expression, uh, producer Ari, correct me if I'm wrong, the the, the commentary in in the markets is bulls bulls, uh, make money, bears make money, pigs get slaughtered. (laughs) I have heard that before, yeah. Right? So in in a down market, people still make money, man. People walk away from bad times with a whole bunch of loot. But when you when you you know think that you could do a little bit of everything or a little too much, uh, it can all fall apart on you. That's that's where uh, the, the the expression is, right? Misunderstanding the the the, the moment that there are still the, these forces at play. I think it's a really interesting conversation about misunderstanding the moment. I think one of the people who actually does misunderstand the moment and has been given way too much ramp is Anthony Fauci. Now, if you didn't hear this about all these people in the getting rid of masks and mask mandates, which I'm, look, I get that it's all political. I understand, like you understand, absolutely about the midterms. Guys, we are on the same freaking page. 100% about the midterms. We get it. We get it. We see it. We know it. We know that these people are, are unserious folk. But we're just also thankful that it may actually be happening, that, that we may be getting to a place where it gets better for, for, for everybody. The, the, our issue, and I was discussing this earlier, is how do we ensure it stays that way? That's, that's a, a very, very large-scale uh, question. How does it stay this way? Fauci, he's not one of these people who's, who's down with the idea of getting rid of masks in schools. As a matter of fact, he's doubling down the other way. Listen to this. And what about the debate over masks in Illinois schools? Dr. Fauci says he believes masks and vaccinations are helping to keep schools open. Before we start talking about pulling back on them, let's get that dynamic of the virus in the community low enough 
so that we can feel safe in pulling back on the requirement for children to wear masks. It's never going to be enough. Now, I argue that it's Dr. Fauci who's misread the moment because he still thinks he's important. He still thinks he matters in the conversation. And that's hilarious. He doesn't matter. What matters is, what did he know about the money that went to the Wuhan lab? Guy Rexenthaler is a congressman out of Pennsylvania. He was uh, U.S., was he the Navy or was he the Army? He was a, he was a, he was a lawyer uh, in, in the military. USAID's, meaning the United States Agency for International Development. That's USAID. And when you see USAID in all capital letters, that's what it stands for. United States Agency for International Development. USAID's decision to award EcoHealth Alliance additional federal funding is misguided and deeply concerning. And this is the statement that, that Rexenthaler made to Fox News. And he and about 25 other Republicans sent a letter to the USA administrator, Samantha Power. You remember name Samantha Power because she was the ambassador to the UN. She's another one of these leftists who just doesn't think like, like rational folk. She's got a pseudo-intellectual way of taking a look at the world and saying, you know what, we can just bend the world to our whim as opposed to recognizing that, for example, Iran is bad. So they send her this letter. They want more money about the five-year grant. EcoHealth used money from their last federal grant to fund dangerous gain-of-function research, coronavirus research, at the Wuhan Institute of Virology before the pandemic. Now, going back to what I was talking about with Jim Garrity, you can believe anything you want about uh, the origins of COVID, but you can't deny, you cannot deny that there's a story here. And the story involves... This funding, the story involves millions of dollars, or was it only six hundred thousand? Oh, sorry, was it only six hundred thousand dollars? Right, because 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 that makes a difference. It was hundreds of thousands of dollars, not millions of dollars. That's what they're gonna say. Oh, Tony, you're overblowing it. They gave the money to the Wuhan Virology Lab to work on gain-of-function research. And there was it was it was first EcoHealth Alliance that wanted to get the money from DARPA. Part of the Defense Department, DARPA said, Are you nuts? Gain-of-function research? Gain-of-function research is basically the, 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 the idea of looking at how one could manipulate viruses. If you say to me, why would anybody want to do that to begin with? Well, do we really want to get down deep into the weeds of the things that we do to be able to have a leg up on our opponents in all the nasty, nasty ways? I am not saying that everybody who looks into gain-of-function research is looking to create bioweapons. This is not my argument. There could be lots of things and understanding how viruses manipulate and other things manipulate that might have a, a solid effect for uh, the whole of humanity. Living longer, living healthier lives. Which I don't think it's necessarily about living longer. If I'm asked, oh, here's a heavy one. Uh, I, I don't think it's necessarily about living longer. I think it's about living healthier. Right? If, if, if I'm going to live to be 90, but between 75 and 90 is going to suck. That's not as valuable as living to 75 and feeling exactly like I did when I was 35.
I don't know, maybe you see it differently. One man's take. There's a possibility that within these gain-of-function conversations, there is something learned that's actually valuable. But there's also no question that the gain-of-function research was to see how one could manipulate the virus. And if Fauci doesn't want to admit that that's what happened, that's fine. He's misreading the audience. We want to know. And he's getting support from politicos who can't have that be the case because then you'd have to recognize that China's the enemy and you might have to damn well do something about it. Misreading the, 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 the room is, is, is a big deal. And I think that that Youngkin piece, so check it out there at, at National Review, I think, I think Garrity just hits it very, very well. It's total misread. And you take a look at what they're doing now with getting rid of masks. They should have gotten rid of masks months ago. They, they misread where, where the American people were. They weren't going to take this for forever. And the pressure is so high from the American people being the thermostat, which adjusts the temperature, the Politico, which is a thermometer and reads the temperature, they've had to make changes. And these changes are not sitting well with the Biden administration because these aren't the changes they wanted to make. That's why I'm tuning in to the, uh, to the press conference with, with Jen Psaki. Because I got to see if she's asked about these things and how she responds. I'll have that for you coming up. We'll, we'll break it down bit by bit. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. I am using. So waiting on Jen Psaki. White House press secretary, because with all these people unmasking, you know she's going to get asked lots of questions, and we we might as well be there for the for the spin. I mean, what what was greater than the spin from Hakeem Jeffries? Where it's like everything's better because of Joe Biden's leadership. Joe Biden isn't sure where he is, but Joe Biden's leadership. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. So I wanted to see what it is Saki was going to do. Here she is. Uh, uh, let's uh, let, let's check it out. The Build Back Better agenda, which will lower uh, energy costs for working families, create good-paying union jobs, and build a reliable, clean energy future. Can I just stop already? It's always about union jobs. Uh, Hillary, uh, I mean, Kamala Harris did the same thing. Kamala Harris, there's this whole project that came out of the White House about how they'd like to see um, uh, union uh, membership uh, go up by 5x. Half the workforce should be union. They don't care about jobs. They care about union jobs. This is all gross homage. I'm not anti-union. I'm anti-union leadership because they're usually pretty despicable. And the stealing from the rank and file so you can help your political uh, agenda along and that comes back and forth, That it's, it's an ugly scene. It's really gross. And I don't believe the rank and file should be abused like that in any way. Let's take it back to Jen Psaki. Okay, thanks. Uh, so new CPI numbers come out tomorrow, and economists are forecasting an index of, I believe, 7.3% annually. Now, I just to ask, what do you see in the data right now that suggests inflation will fall quickly this year? And how, how confident are you that a decrease in inflation can occur without hurting demand in the economy? Well, let me start with a little bit of a preview just so, well, we don't know the numbers. I know there are projections, but just as people are preparing to look at these numbers and prepare to report on the numbers. Um, so first, uh, when we look at tomorrow's data, what we're looking at is uh, recent trends in inflation. So in November and December, price increases showed rel- relative to the month before, slowed relative to the month before, and in J- 
January, they were down almost half uh, from where they were in October. That's a sign of progress, that the inflationary increases are increased, decreasing, I should say, month upon month. And we'll be looking at that uh, wage growth compared, uh, looking how wage growth compared to inflation in January as well. What is also coming out tomorrow is annual data, right, which is, I think, what you're talking yes. about. Uh, and so as we're looking at that, uh, we do, uh, we, we expect uh, a high year-over-year inflation rate reading in tomorrow's data, given what we know about the last year, right? and what we've seen over the last year. Uh, that's because year-over-year -year data largely reflects the price increases over the last year, as we've already talked about and we know about. Uh, it's not about the most recent trends, which I think is the important uh, component for people to look at, right? There's monthly and then there's also the annual data. So above 7%, as I think some are predicting, would not be a surprise, even though we don't know what the data is going to be. Uh, going to be. But looking at that uh, reading of it as we prepare for tomorrow is still consistent with the path and our view, to go to your question, uh, that leading outs, uh, outside forecasters continue to project that inflationary, inflation is expected to decrease over the course and moderate over the course of this year. So that can Yes, to but you're talking about in November. If, if this is what you're selling, uh, yeah, inflation's high, but it's going to go away. Remember, transitory. Remember when they tried to sell us on transitory, tried to sell us on the idea that this inflation was, was just temporary, wasn't going to be a big deal. Ah, that was not true. She's still doing it. Now, tie this in with the story. I, did we even get to it yesterday about Ford and Volkswagen? Ford is halting production for a while on the Explorer and the F-150. I mean, those are their trucks, baby. And it's because of the chips. Right? They can't get the chips. And they're expecting the chip shortage to start to ease at the end of 2022. Volkswagen kind of laughs. It's like 2023. Because easing, their, their, their expression is, will slightly ease. Slightly begin to ease, I think is what they said. Which means 2023 before you have chips. So now talk to me about an economy and how an economy is supposed to build and grow and everything's supposed to be great. Joe Biden's economy, GDP, 6.7%, lot to dodge to. When the auto manufacturers have to look at massive swaths of guys and men and women on the plant floor and be like, yeah, see you next year. That's rough stuff for any economy. Furthering the conversation that you have to build things in the United States and you have to be self-sufficient and zero dependency on China. Energy independence, manufacturing independence. That's the future for America. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. This is Tony Katz Today. Recall on Hyundai and Kia, a fire risk. Like the cars will simply catch fire. Well, is is it when they're running? Oh, no, 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 no. So I, I, did I turn the key? Oh, no, no. They're just in the garage. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. 833-468-8669. 833-GOT-TONY. That's uh, the, the, the number. Uh, you've got uh, a series of vehicles, whether the Sportage or uh, uh, you've got 
some other sedans, the K900 sedan, some Hyundais, including the Santa Fe and the Santa Fe XL, the Tucson. Uh, it's got a an issue with the anti-lock brake module. It can cause an electrical short and then a fire. So you might want to get that checked out. Over 400,000 vehicles recalled. Get that checked out and have it uh, have it taken to the shop and get it fixed, if you would. Right now, uh, Jen Psaki speaking. Jackie Heinrich asking the questions. Clubs, lip balm, other materials to promote hygiene and reduce the transmission of diseases like HIV and hepatitis. I would note that what we're really talking about here is steps that we're taking as a federal government to address the opioid epidemic, which is killing uh, tens of thousands, if not more, Americans uh, every single day, week, month of the year. Uh, we put out this statement, though, because there was inaccurate information out there. Or I should say HHS put out this statement because there was inaccurate information out there, and we wanted to provide clarification on the allowable uses for the HHS harm reduction program. It's not a change in policy. Uh, this program, though, is focused on harm reduction strategies, including prioritizing the use of fentanyl test strips and clean syringes. And all of these harm reduction services uh, that will be supported by these programs are, are intended to save lives from an epidemic that we know is, uh, is devastating to communities across the country. And then, so just to put a final point on it, does the administration support any effort then to distribute drug paraphernalia, like the types that we were hearing about? We, the statement makes clear uh, that we don't support federal funding, indirect or direct, for pipes. Okay, um, and then on the safe injection sites that the DOJ is evaluating, mm -hmm. um, was this a, an ask from the White House that they review that policy? Because I know that for years DOJ has opposed efforts to open safe injection sites. It's under litigation, so I can't speak to that. But what I can tell you and reiterate is that uh, the White House is committed, as, as, I will, as I would reiterate for you, many Democrats and Republicans, including Senator Cruz, uh, to taking steps to address the opioid crisis. This is not an issue that is the safe injection site is a part two conversation to what you heard Jackie Heinrich from Fox News. I'll actually I'm scheduled to be on with her this weekend uh, on, on on Fox. So so uh, be sure to tune in uh, early afternoon. I don't know what time I just just watch all day. You'll find me. Uh, the issue is not the safe injection sites. Injection sites and, and needle exchanges has long been a, a controversial subject. And I was on I was on Newsmax yesterday, and we were talking about this very subject. I had to remind uh, uh, everyone that it was Mike Pence, when he was governor of Indiana, engaged needle exchange in Scott County, Indiana, because of an HIV outbreak, and saved lives. And you know that he didn't want to do it. You know that he doesn't buy in. He the the idea that somehow we're going to promote drug use. You know he didn't want it. But he did it because, well, it was necessary. But the issue here is about the crack pipes. That's what it's about. Their mask mandate, as the CDC is confirming that their guidance is not changing. Um, but these decisions that are being made at the local level, like you guys always talk about. I'll get back to the crack pipes, but she's asking about masks. So I want to hear socket squirm. Of the CDC of this White House. So why are we not hearing the same messaging, criticizing states that are you know, making these moves like we heard previously um, with, for instance, Ron DeSantis? Well, I would say there is a distinct difference between standing in the way, uh, which Ron DeSantis did, or Governor DeSantis, I'll 
I'll give him his full title, um, of teachers, uh, school administrators, and others taking steps to protect the students in their school communities. There's a difference between standing in the way of it, threatening to pull back funding, and allowing for local school districts to make choices, which is what a number of these states are doing. Go ahead. Just quick follow-up on that. Does That's not answering. Risk looking out of touch with where the country is heading in terms of lifting these mask mandates if the CDC doesn't revise its guidelines. Well, again, um, we understand where the emotions of the country are, right? People are... Uh, tired of masks. I would say not even if you look at the polling, though, there is also a huge chunk of people who still want masks, right? So it's not even that specific. It's just that, as you noted, there are some states that are moving towards rolling back or giving more choice to local communities about how uh, they will implement uh, these uh, requirements. Uh, but again, from the federal government, uh, what our responsibility to do is to abide by what the president committed to on the campaign, which is to listen to scientists, listen to data. Uh, that doesn't move at the speed of Politics at the moves at the speed of data, uh, and they, uh, Dr. Walensky, uh, committed to uh, convey or to take confirmed that they were evaluating this uh, at the CDC. And I want to just ask you about Russia. Um, you were very careful in your wording when you were asked yesterday the extent to which the administration. I'm going to let that question slide. That was a follow-up actually from NBC, which was very interesting. The states are moving to get rid of mask mandates because they. They know it's a political loser because it is a political loser. The American people don't want this. And the Biden administration is behind where America is. We're aware of where the American emotion is. Oh, that's it. We're too emotional. We can't handle it. We need we need a Daddy Joe in order to take care of us. Would he be Grandpa Joe? Great-Grandpa Joe? Methuselah Joe? Can I call Methuselah Joe? Can I get a ruling on that joke? Nothing. I guess we won't be using it. But let's go back to the crack pipes. This story is amazing. As you heard Jen Psaki say, this is about um, you know, the idea of 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 harm. How how do you how do you help people um regarding uh drug use? Well, one of the ways you help people is uh, you try and create situations by which less disease can 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 happen, right? Less spreading of 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 uh, sexually transmitted diseases and other things like that, and so that's why you would want to have a needle exchange program or something uh, of the ilk. There is a $30 million grant program from the Health and Human Services Department, and it's referred to as a harm reduction plan. And in that harm reduction plan, they have crack pipes. Doesn't matter that she says that the Biden administration opposes handing out drug paraphernalia. This is happening, and they actually refer to them as safe smoking kits and supplies. Not crack pipes, safe smoking kits and supplies. $30 million, that's what's happening here. Now, $30 million in a government program is nothing. But what it is, it's, it's, an, it's an entree. It's an entree into an idea because with that money, they are going to be ensuring that the safe smoking kits, which could be used according to spokespeople for Health and Human Services, could be used for smoking substances like crack cocaine and crystal meth or any illicit substance. 
people who apply for the program get priority if they serve underserved communities. So the Democrats are ensuring that black people get crack pipes faster. Dude, I need a drink after that statement. I don't I, I, I don't know about you. I'm just I'm just taking a look at what they're doing. I'm just taking a look at what they're doing and saying, well, clearly that means this. That's right. They have decided that crack pipes will be distributed based on racial equity. You see, you, dear crack user, dear meth head, you could be spreading some pretty awful diseases. And we want you to spread less diseases, so here is a nice, clean crack pipe. However, you're also white. And uh, and somebody you don't know who lived 150 years before you did something pretty bad. So therefore, you don't get the new pipe. Enjoy the syphilis. <laughs> I, I, I... I swear to you, sometimes talk radio is the weirdest thing ever. Like, who thought this would be the conversation of the day? Tell me when you tuned in, you're like, I bet you cash money cats talk syphilis today. Bet you cash money. There are Vegas odds. I'll take 20 on cats talking gonorrhea. And uh, and uh, put, put 50 on the Rams to win. Like, no one, no one. It's an unbelievable thing that's happening here because it again goes to this idea that somehow equity is something we should care about. Equity is nothing we should care about. Equity is nonsense. It's made up. I'll say that to anybody, anywhere, anytime. Equity is made up because it's based on whatever you feel at the moment to make sure someone who deserves it gets what they deserve. It's a weird thing to think someone deserves this or that. Everyone deserves to be able to play under the same rules. So when you say to me that the rules for or, or the penalties for crack use are different than for cocaine use, for example, as we use that example a lot, it gets used in society, um, I would oppose anything like that. Different drugs based on different um, uh, stereotypes of people who use them get different penalties? That's weird stuff. That's different than the penalty for marijuana is this and the penalty for heroin is that. And you will have me agree with you that I don't want people arrested for having a joint. If some, if you're in your car and you get pulled over and police find a joint, I don't want you arrested. If you're smoking the joint, I want you going to jail for 30 years. There, there That's me. You, your view on, on, the, on the situation may differ. But I don't want you arrested just because you have a joint. Not at all. I don't want to be bothered with, uh, with, with, with your handling of weed. If you have a thousand joints, that may be a different question. Because unless you're Snoop, I don't think that's for personal use. We should be clear about these things. But you're going to give away crack pipes? Meth pipes? Based on equity, it's insane. It's criminally insane. And the equity conversation is an awful one that is based on, predicated on bigotry. Not only in this situation, 
But in the situation of schools where they have diversity, equity, inclusion officers and businesses where they have diversity, equity, inclusion officers, if you have a business that demands a DEI officer, you're, that's, that's making the claim that your business is racist de facto. Or it's saying, no, 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 we have to protect ourselves so nobody calls us racist, so we have to do this and put money into something that doesn't actually provide us a value. It's offensive and it's gross and it's less than. And rational people should be opposed to it. And if your business has a DEI officer, yes, I think less of your business. I think that you are so scared of the outside world that you couldn't figure out how to handle yourself. All right, we'll just hire this person. Please don't hurt us. One more level of bureaucracy. That's fine. I'm not turned on by levels of bureaucracy. Speaking of, I'm not turned on by communist China and what happened to Mike Tirico. That story is coming up. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. So we already know that people aren't watching the Olympics. The ratings are down tremendously. We already know that the treatment of the athletes is horrible. If you have COVID, they put you in basically a a, a dorm and there's real no food and you can't move around. It's just a mess and, and athletes are destroyed by this. Because it, it's, you know, they, they, they work at a certain level. And also it's China. Tony Katz, great to be with you, Tony Katz today. And then you see people, you've been training their whole lives. They finally get to the Olympics day before their event. Oh, you have COVID. You don't know. You don't know. Then you have five Olympic female uh, ski jumpers. Japan, Germany, Norway, like, like the countries that really, like, this is their event. And we all of a sudden discover that their, their uniform, their, you know, they've, they've, they've got the spandex bodysuit thing going on. It has too much fabric, and you're disqualified. So the issue with too much fabric, if it's too much fabric, it'll catch a little more air, and all of a sudden you're like a flying squirrel up there when you do the jump. You mean th- they all have the same ones, and all, all of a sudden it's, it's not right for these groups of people? Is that the, the, the Federation, the Skiing Federation, or is that China? I, I'll never know. Either way, it, it's, it's awful. To be disqualified for that is nuts. Then there's the story of Mike Tirico. Mike Tirico, NBC Sports. He's, he's the Olympics guy. He's the guy who does the Indy 500. He's the guy who does a whole bunch of things for NBC. Very, very good at his job. He was sent back to the United States. He was supposed to be in China through Thursday. NBC says that his schedule was subject to change based on COVID-19 and other factors. But Tariko discussed genocide in China during his Olympic coverage. This was at the start of the Olympics. This according to Mediaite. Everything and everyone attached to these games is facing questions. The United States government is not here. A diplomatic boycott announced this fall, joined by Canada, Great Britain, and Australia, citing China's human rights record and the U.S. government's declaration that the Chinese Communist Party is guilty of committing genocide on the Uyghur Muslim population in western Xinjiang region. What's the what, 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 what's wrong with that? Well, everything in China. He said that on one day and the next day he was gone. We're already seeing reporters getting physically abused because they're reporting from areas that some just deem as not pretty enough. There was a photo taken of Peng Shui. That's the tennis player who claimed she was sexually assaulted by a member of the Politburo. The, the, you know, the, the Communist Party. 
And the next thing you know, she was disappeared. You couldn't find her. And women's tennis said, where in the world is Peng Shui? And we are pulling our events from China. All of a sudden, you've got Peng Shui. Oh, everything's fine. And now she's doing videos that look like hostage videos saying, oh, no, no, no. It, it didn't. Ha- you, you all misunderstood me. It didn't happen that way. And in one of the photos taken of, of this tennis player, Peng Shui, there's a mirror behind her. And in the mirror, you can see the reflection of a guy there with like, I guess his arms crossed, keeping an eye on her, making sure she does all the right things, making sure if she does uh, seem to mess up, someone can make a call so whatever's happening to her family can continue to happen. It's China. Communists are awful people. We got to stop thinking that they're good and decent and valuable. We got to stop thinking they're on our level. And we got to start remembering that when they're trying to buy the love of African nations and South American nations, they're not buying love. They're buying the land. This is a power play. You better damn well be aware of it. Let's stop giving them so much power. Find everything at TonyCats.com and Rumble.com slash Tony Cats. Check it out.